Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Where we believe that duct tape can fix just about everything. Well, not really, but we do believe Jesus is Lord of everything. And uh, and this duct tape is just to, to masculinize our podcast. Because, you know... I think it's a painter tape. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Shows how much I know. All right, yeah. That is true. This is painter tape. But it is masculine. Uh, the blue, I mean, we could go with the gray painter tape or black painter tape. But anyway, some of you notice we have a brand new studio here. And we love it. Yeah. Um, but what we found out too was that uh, you know when you have a woman decorate your studio, she does it like a woman, and it, you know it was just kind of sissified. I mean, it was it was feminine, and we got some comments back about you know hey this looks a little feminine kind of a setting like maybe you know my wife could do a podcast here. Yeah, but we're confident <laughs> enough that we're not diminished by that. No, but no. At the same time, yeah. Hey, uh, and I'm we to try to change things up a little bit. I got, I got a. Uh, I got a manly tool right here I just threw on the shelf. Which we don't know how to use. Yeah, I have no idea what it is. It's some kind of a staple gun. And then we do have a roller over here just trying to make this look like a manly place. I got some some painter tape right here I'll keep out front. Uh, just so you all know that uh, Andrew and I are uh, bringing up the, the manhood here thing. But anyway, hey. We're having some fun. We got some bare shells. We're going to try to uh, come back with a new look here in a week or so. But anyway, a lot's been happening in-house, out of the house. Good stuff. God's moving, and it's good to be a part of it. So we're glad that you're glad that you're watching today. Uh, by way of uh, stuff that's coming down the pike here at Living Stones, you know, we've got about 70 men, I believe, that will be gathering together this weekend for our men's encounter. And yeah. those are always incredibly powerful times absolutely and uh we encourage any of the men that are watching or any of the wives that are watching that you know hey my husband should be here uh or you have a family member um man call the church get him registered it, it literally is an amazing time of connecting man to man and connecting most of all you know with the lord yeah so uh and we have women's encounter the following week so yes good women's encounter women's encounter is maxed um but call and get on a waiting list because uh, uh, we will have another women's encounter or if somebody cancels out last minute, something like that, you know, we'll be able to get you in there. But both of these events are incredibly powerful, life-changing events. And so we don't want you to miss that. Um, last Sunday night, we had an incredible turnout for our quarry meeting, which is our leadership gathering. Yeah. Another full house for that. Uh, and I just love to see people who are moving somewhere, you know, uh, that are committed to growing, committed to leading, committing to serving, and committed to something bigger than themselves, uh, which is why we're doing this podcast today. Uh, as some of you know, we have been talking about an amazing book called Integrity um, by Dr. Henry Cloud. Uh, we've encouraged you to pick that up if you haven't. That's a, a, a mainstay on our bookshelves, and we love to refer to so many of the principles in there. And we've been talking about um, what is integrity, and we're on the sixth principle today, yeah. sixth and final principle. Uh, so introduce that for us, if you would. Yeah, the last principle is something that um, probably something that's very f more familiar to us. Yeah, is embracing the transcendent. Yeah. Okay, that's a fancy way of saying have live for something bigger than yourself. Yeah. You know. Yep. And um, uh, Henry Cloud starts the chapter with a great story. That is a great story. Um, you know, with a, a admiral or some type of battleship um, coming onto something on the radar. Sure. And he's communicating with the person on the other end and saying, hey, you need to move. We're a warship. We're a battleship. And he's throwing rank at him and all kind of little, uh, little, little um, you know, power play. A little power bit. play. Yep. Argument. You move. No, yeah, you, you move. move. Right. Well, who are I'm you? I'm the admiral. And yeah. This is the USS battleship, blah, blah, blah. You move. 
And the other guy is like a, just a low-level, you know, yeah. recruit. Coast Guard guy. Coast Guard guy. And he says, sir, I'm a, I'm the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> you need to move. Yeah. The, the lighthouse is not going to move. Right. And I think that's, that's Dr. Cloud's uh, point is that there are transcendent values, transcendent things that don't move. And he gives also the example of gravity. You know, like if, if you jump off a skyscraper because you want gravity to change and gravity to be something different than it is, yeah. you're in for a rude awakening. And uh, I think he was saying, you know, so many people in life, you know, they're telling the lighthouse to move. They're, they're fighting with ultimate reality. Yeah. They're fighting with uh, what is ultimately transcendent and you're always going to lose if you're fighting a lighthouse or you're fighting gravity or you're fighting something that's that's on that level. And yet people continue, you know, I've, I've heard the phrase again, you know, when you go against God or you go against that which is transcendent, it's like spitting in the wind, you know, it's not going to it's not going to work out well for you. That's going to come right back and hit you in the face. And uh, and so many people are going through life living, you know, against Reality, yeah. ultimate reality, and uh, and the consequences will always, 100%, will always be bad when you live that well, way. Well, he makes a statement. He says, you know, of all his years of counseling and doing psychology and all these different things, and he's, he's a, he's a, his doctor in psychology, he, he said the one question that really um, set the pace for the relationship or for really shows him who the person is, is the question, are you God or not? Yeah. Now, he says most people are going to say, no, I'm not God. Right. You have to be psychotic to actually think you're God. Right. But the problem is, even though they say it, but really they act like they are gods. Right. Motor, the world revolves around them. It's about their decisions, about what they want to do. And we've been talking this about this a little bit in our market share ministry at Livingstone Church, really our ministry to the marketplace. And the question we ask is, is are you just... Is your business or your marketplace ministry or, or, or your organization really, um, you say you're serving God, but you're really doing it for yourself. You're doing things for God. Right. As opposed to really going to God and say, God, you're the owner. You're the CEO. I'm here to follow you. They Everything belongs to you. And that applies to your day-to-day -day practical decisions. Right. Whether you make it based on your own intelligence or what the lawyer says or what insurance company says, yeah. or do you go to now, God first? Now this, you know? you know, I think it's a good point. This highlights kind of a subtle deception where we like to talk as if we're really doing what we're doing yeah. for the glory of God, for something greater than ourselves. But when it comes right down to it, many times we're just asking God to baptize yeah. or to bless what we're doing yeah. in his name. But but the problem is he's not initiating it. He's not, he's not the one uh, speaking. We just do what we think is right, and then we ask God to bless it. Right. Now, I've been guilty of that, and maybe if you're watching, you've been guilty of that, where you're, you know, you're like, this is what I want to do. This is the direction I want to go. This is what I want to have. This right. is the outcome I desire. And then, God, I'm asking you to make sure it all happens. Right. You decorate it by saying, hey, I feel the Lord says I should do this, or the Holy Spirit, I yeah. feel like, sh should do this. And it's like, but what fruit did it produce? Yeah. And a lot of times people say that. My question is, what is the fruit of that? Yeah. Because a lot of times we have a hard time. Uh, I'm not going to go to someone and be like, well, the Lord didn't tell you that. Unless I, I hear clearly. Sure. It's hard to tell that to somebody. Sure. But, but I want to ask you the question, what is the fruit of this? I mean, many people have done so many horrific things in the name of God for yeah. God, yeah. right? Yep. Because in their head, they want to do something for God. And God's like, I rather want, I want obedience and not sacrifice. Yeah. You know, obedience is the key. Obedience means God initiates, we yeah, respond. That's his idea. Not we initiate, ask him to respond. <laughs> right. that, that's a, that's a, that order is really huge. But, you know, right. you're talking about looking at the fruit. Uh, and as pastors, 
we see the fruit of narcissistic, selfish uh, lives where, where basically I'm the center of the universe. Uh, I see this, you know, in marriage counseling all the time. Uh, and I, I could give story after story, but you know, that man who is not having uh, a good relationship with his wife, yeah. who starts thinking about his own needs, who starts flirting around at work, who ends up having the affair that ends up blowing up his marriage, ends up scarring his kids ends up having an economic impact, ends up having a spiritual impact, ends up having an emotional impact, all because he wanted to meet his needs that he felt weren't being met and he became the center of the universe. Uh, and as a result, there is a wake. You know, we talked about at the beginning that what kind of a wake are you leaving yeah. when you are narcissistic and when you are playing God uh, and the whole world revolves around making you happy. Um, you know, the, the fruit of that is tragic and, and we see brokenness everywhere. You know, some examples that, that Cloud gave in the, uh, in the book had to do with business. You know, he's talking about, hey, we're all going to tighten our belts. We're going to sacrifice. We got this great opportunity. Uh, we're going to have to downsize maybe for a season, but, but what we're doing has incredible potential. Everybody's excited. Everybody's, you know, living for this transcendent cause, which, which in, in this regard is, you know, business growth or expansion or opportunity. And then you got the one person that raises their hand and says, um, am I going to have an office with a window? <laughs> and as he says, just sucks all the air out of the room because at that moment you realize this person's not with us. This yeah. person's this person's thinking about their office and their window. They can't get out of their little world. Yeah. And those kind of people are just a bummer to be around because, uh, because again, the selfishness just kills everything. Well, I think one... Surefire way I've seen to test whether really this is your idea or is really you you doing this because you're aligning yourself with God is when it's taken away. How's you, how do you respond? Or when someone comes and tries to alter it or right. change it, because if I'm just serving God, I, I'm not. Per, this is not my agenda. It's then, not about you. Then my hands are wide open. But when someone when when God often comes and take it away, and we're blaming the devil, but God's the one who come and take it away, trying to expose something in your own heart, and all of a sudden possessiveness and control, all that stuff emerges. Yeah. And then you're like, oh wait, yeah. this is really about me. Yeah, you know, I had one of those moments. I've shared this story before, but I think it bears repeating. Uh, doing a massive youth event, uh, it was it was the subtitle was discovering life at the party. It was all about introducing young people to Christ. And I remember sitting down with the superintendent at the Lake County Fairgrounds, and he he asked me this one question. He said, um, "Well, what if it rains?" Hmm. And I was like, you know what? I've handled everything I could handle. We were throwing this big party for Jesus. We had this massive stage. It was about six to eight feet off the ground. It had 80 sheets of plywood. We were going to do a massive outdoor contemporary concert that night. It was going to be awesome. And I basically told him, look, I've done all that I can. That's God's responsibility. And I trust God to uphold his responsibility. And when the event happened out of nowhere, right before the concert, I see this cloud the size of a man's fist in the distance <laughs> making its way across. And literally, it rained all over. Totally unexpected, nowhere on the radar. I remember standing under, the stage was so big, I could literally stand up underneath it. And water was dripping off of my bald head and running down my nose. And, and I just was so angry. And, my, and when I really got to the base of my anger, because we had worked on this for, you know, a year, uh, I was angry at God, and I and I was like, Lord, 
we're throwing this party for you. I handled all these details. I built this stage. I got this plywood. I got the massive generator. I did all the marketing. I I threw the party, and all you had was one responsibility. <laughs> can you control the weather? And, uh, and the Lord, I heard him as clear as can be. He said to me, I thought this was my party. If it's my party, why can't I do what I want to do? Yeah. And I was like, instantly I knew I'd been exposed, you know, because mm. at the end of the day here, I was trying to do something good, lead young people to Christ, yeah. do this big event for Jesus. And the Lord just cut through it all with, with one little rainstorm and showed me, eh, I think there's a little bit too much of you involved here. Those are good lessons, painful lessons. Painful, but, but good. good. We often get a little ahead of God's agenda. Yes, and we God do. God has to ring us in. You know, how often do we, do we, you know, I have young kids and they do things I never asked them to, to do in an effort to prove something or to, to whatnot, but they end up not helping. And I asked them for a very specific action plan or do one thing. And they didn't do that one thing, they did everything else. I'm like, son, <laughs> do the one thing I asked you to do, exactly. you know? And I feel like God looks at us with the same perspective and be yeah. like, hey, we, I, what I want is obedience and not sacrifice. Yeah. So the transcendent value here is, is truly aligning ourselves with God's agenda. I'm paraphrasing Henry Cloud. Yeah. He, he didn't talk so explicitly about yeah. God's kingdom. And, and but. He, yeah, and he gave examples in the marketplace that would be considered more yeah. you know, secular, which I thought was good. Like he, he talked about one company that just regularly teaches their employees to, I think they have one day a year or one week a year where they find a charity and, and they pay their people to actually go work and serve whatever charity that is. And the whole idea is let's get outside of ourselves. You know, when, you, when, when you're living for a cause greater than yourself, you're generally a happy person, a motivated person, a fulfilled person. When everything is, you know, revolves around you and your little personal world and everything's ingrown, those people are some of the most miserable people on planet Earth. And even the secular world gets that. They understand that there has to be, for instance, corporate values. You know, so we talk about things like um, love or, or integrity or um, compassion or generosity, whatever those values are. It basically says there's something that's greater to live for than just me. Yeah. And um, and companies get challenged with this all the time. Churches can get challenged with this. Families can get challenged. You can say, for instance, well, we value um, honesty. But when honesty me might mean that it, it your bottom line is going to suffer. Yeah. And you're going to, you might lose money being honest. In general, we believe if honesty leads to, to blessing and prosperity, but yeah. there are times when your honesty means, you know, we need to do the right thing. And the right thing might mean it's going to cost us money. Um, that's when your your values and your belief in something transcendent are really checked. Yeah, and um, and I think these are these are good things for us to constantly. That's why we have you know corporate values here, or not corporate values, living ministry values here at Living Stones uh, that we constantly go back to that help guide us and say, wait a minute, this is how we're going to handle this situation. This is how we're going to treat people. This is why we exist. Yeah, values basically tells you what you prioritize. And you decide that ahead of time so you can have unity. Yeah. Okay. Yep. If we say we prioritize people, but really we prioritize profit, then, you know, in the middle of all of this, people are ha having all kind of confusion, all kind of a messiness, yep. all kind of 
Uh, I'm going one direction, but wait, I really want you to go this direction. Now, you make all these decisions to, to help people, but then your corporate comes and say, eh, I don't like those decisions because that's going to cut the bottom line. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second, I thought we're about people. Well, we are, but we're really about profit. Yeah. Or, or in church, if it's all about, well, the, they just needed me to sign up for this ministry because they were they didn't have enough people. And at the end of the day, it's just about plugging a hole and building the ministry, and they don't really care about people. You know, we've heard that comment about, you know, from Christians many, many times. That's why we're committed to growing people and multiplying leaders. We, at the end of that, I like what you say, it's an invitation to join us on a journey that's really about helping. We're committed to helping you grow and helping you become all that Christ has called you to be. Because we believe if you're doing that, you're going to be fruitful. The ministry is going to be fruitful. People are going to, you know, be powerfully impacted and everybody wins and God gets the glory. Yeah. Um, but again, these we have to constantly remind us, okay, is this about me? Am I just trying to fix this slot on Sunday? Or am I really looking out for people's best interests across the board? Absolutely. Um, so again, transcendence is huge. And when we get to, you know, biblical values, we talk about Jesus said things like this. You know, if if a man or woman is willing to lose their, her, his or her life, they will find it. Uh, if you if you live for others, if you serve, the fact that in the in the kingdom of God, the one who serves is the greatest. Uh, it's counterintuitive. Counterintuitive. It's upside down. But really, what it says is, you know, the person who waters others, that person will be watered. Uh, they'll receive pressed down, shaken together, running over. Um, the person that gives, the person that sows. So, you know, when you live for other people, and we've we've all been around people like this that just. Their focus isn't on themselves. It's like, how can I serve you? How can I help you? They'll drop whatever it is that they're doing and they'll they'll go, you know, meet a need somewhere else. Um, those are the people you just absolutely love. They're the people you love being around. And that's part of what I love about our quarry meeting is we take the time to say, hey, so-and-so, you know, we appreciate this about you. We value you. We love you. We love the way you're constantly serving others with such excellence. And man, when you're in an, in an environment like that, it encourages us. Let's think about the bigger picture, not just about my little world. When you're with people like that, there's no end to what you can accomplish. Yeah. So praise God. Um, I guess that's a good place to transition into this new sermon series, which I launched on Sunday. It's called Undefeated, uh, Living in the Victory of King Jesus. And really, we talked about the whole foundation of of our lives is understanding that it's all about him, that none of this exists. Everything is dependent. We're all contingent upon this great and mighty king and learning what it means to live in his kingdom. I mean, that's the epitome in my mind yeah. of, of transcendence. And we laid it, we laid a foundation on Sunday uh, about the greatness of God. And I don't know about you, but um, if we're going to live lives that are meaning, meaningful, we have to get back to the one who created us, the one who has absolute authority over not only me, but over all of life. And the way you find significance is not creating your own, you know, higher power. I, I always laugh at, at people that say, well, you know, hey, you need to find your, your personal higher power. <laughs> uh, there are, is no personal higher power. If you're looking for your personal higher power, then you're still in charge. And you're just making a little genie in a bottle uh, that you created and that somehow is going to be your savior. Um, there's only one savior. His name's Jesus. There's only one king of glory, and that's God Almighty, El Elyon, the Most High God. And our job isn't to create our own transcendence. Our job is to find him. You know, I, I love what John Piper says. He says, you know, you don't go to the Grand Canyon to feel good about yourself. Right. In other words, when you're when you're standing on the edge of just 
creative beauty, beauty in the natural realm, you realize, wow, this is breathtaking. This giant hole in the ground. How in the world did this get here? And what was the kind of power to create this kind of you know canyon? Yep. And you're standing on the lip of that. And the last thing you're thinking about, if you're a healthy person, is how awesome you are. <laughs> you're, you're thinking about how awesome this site is. Yep. And, uh, and that's what worship's all about. And that's what beauty is all about, is to point us to transcendent things that are greater than us. And, and there's something, you know, I've said this many times, there's something beautiful about feeling small and insignificant, not in a, not in a lack of self-esteem or unhealthy kind of way, but just realizing, you know what, when you give your life to the Lord, when you submit to God, when you recognize his total authority over your life, it's liberating. That's that's not bondage. That's like liberating. When you recognize your family belongs to him, your job belongs to him, your money belongs to him, your breath belongs to him, your health belongs to him, your future belongs to him. Everything uh, belongs to God Almighty. It is a joyful submission that really leads to a place of liberty and freedom. And you know, that's our message. You know, our God reigns. That's the gospel. Our God reigns. That's that's why we're doing this discipleship podcast. It it's based on the premise that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And and that is the most liberating, freeing, joyful message uh, that we could ever preach. The hard part is for people to believe it. To believe that if you let go and you'll give your life to the Lord or give your troubles to the Lord and actually let God run your business, let God run your marriage, let God run your personal life, um, it actually leads to the greatest blessing possible. Yeah, it's it's paradoxical because <clears throat> when you hold on to things so tightly, you're in control, you know, you feel like you have a level of control, but then you end up losing sleep, anxiety, you start being angry, being upset, being frustrated. But when you let things go, when you have the revelation that really you're just, a, you know, you're just you're so small compared to the greatness of God, and He's actually in control. Yeah. And it actually gives you overwhelming peace and rest. Yeah. I don't know how many people I've talked to once they got that revelation, the, the greatness of God, they sleep so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Someone asks you, how well are you sleeping tonight? That's a good indication of whether you you understand the greatness of God. No, that's true. Because I, I get anxiety. I, I get all, that, all those things when I forget. And I have to come back. What I need to do is not try to control even more. This is weird because your 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 temptation is to go and hold on even more tightly. Yeah. But the truth is, we need to let go and we need to focus on the greatness of God, and that's where peace comes in. You know, a few weeks back we preached on the a series on the Psalms, and we we were in Psalm one twenty seven, and it says, "Unless the Lord builds the house, yeah. the builders build in vain. Unless the Lord watches and protects, the the watchman watches in vain." And then it goes on to say the Lord wants to give his beloved sleep. And the reason this is beautiful, when God's the watchman and God's the builder, mm -hmm. then we get to sleep. Because guess what? While we're sleeping, someone is watching. His name is God. And, yeah. and when we give our businesses to the Lord and we give our livelihoods to the Lord, guess what? Someone is building. His name is God. He, he's building the business. He's building your life. He's building your marriage. He's building your family. Uh, and, and that's the counterintuitive part of the kingdom that... Is, is so awesome. Yeah. Uh, how, how do we how do we increase by giving things away? Uh, a generous man increases. Um, he he who waters other gets watered himself. It's the nature of the kingdom of God, and it's the nature of discipleship. Uh, how do you find your life? Yet you, you lose your life, um, and uh, and you serve other people, and you serve the Lord. So this is the great news of the kingdom, uh, and it's a call to live uh, in the. 
in the realm of glory as we honor this great king above all kings, king of all the universe, and we live in this kingdom that's going to go on forever. That's the other thing I, that I, I think about transcendence. I am so excited to be a part of something that is victorious and never-ending. Like, you know, you want to build something that's going to last. Yep. When you, I think part of the frustration as humans is when we try to, you know, like I, I show all these power tools, you know, I, I tried to drywall my basement and frame out my basement. And the problem was I, I framed it out, but nobody told me that you should probably put the drywall up pretty quick because I didn't realize those those uh, those two by fours can warp. Mm. So we went on vacation or on a mission trip. I came back home. I went in my basement and I looked, and about every third or fourth board was bent, warped out. I put it. I put a two by four up on the outside, and it was like a teeter totter. That's how <laughs> out, of, out of shape the walls were. Yeah. And I talked to a guy that no, really knows what he's doing, and he said, "Yeah, Pastor, you should. You really should have put that sheetrock up because the basement tends to be a little more, you know, humid, right. humid and stuff." And I said, well, what should I do? And he goes, well, unless you want to look at wavy walls the rest of your life, you need to tear it all down. Do you know how disappointing yeah, right, that was? Right. To spend probably 500 bucks in wood and, and all the time we spent to frame that out and then to realize that it just needs to be torn down. You know what? The kingdom of God is never going to be torn down. You know, you, you can build stuff that's going to fall apart. Like I, if you have me build it, I promise you it will. <laughs> but if you're part of the kingdom and you're part of something truly transcendent, uh, it is, it, you're part of something that's going to last forever. Yeah, and that yeah. gives me great, great satisfaction. Oh, that's good. That's so, um, so where we go from here, I want to, I guess I want to encourage people, um, uh, to come out, listen in. Our, you know, our, our podcasts are increasing in, in listenership, which is great. Our Sunday morning messages are increasing in their volume and people that are listening. You know, this Sunday, the whole goal is is to empower us, to fill us with hope. There's so many hopeless people right now. There's lots going on in the world. Uh, it seems like America is really experiencing a shaking. And um, and I shared Sunday, you know, we, we have got to be people who live... Uh, Coram Deo, you know, before before the Lord, uh, and that live for the greatness of God and live for the purposes of God. And so Sunday, we're going to build on what we just talked about on the King, and we're going to talk about Jesus Christ and his ascension and where he is right now. You know, the Bible says he's seated next to the Father, and even now, he is reigning until all of his enemies are brought under his feet and made his footstool. So we have a king who's reigning, but we also have his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who is also reigning right now. And we're going to talk about what that means to live in the reign of Jesus. And that will fill you with hope as well, because you realize, again, that when it comes to absolute authority and power, it's on the side of Christ and, and of his church. And so I really encourage people to come out. Mm -hmm. I also want to highlight, you know, it was depressing to me uh, yesterday, you know, uh, Monday. Monday is... Uh, is letter day. It's when we it's when we spend most of our day either preparing letters for people with you know that are having their jobs threatened because they won't uh, get vaccinated because it's something they don't really want to do and they want to make personal choices for their life, which we support. We're not anti-vaccine, but we are pro-liberty and pro-choice and believing that people should have the right to make medical decisions. That's what God has given uh, families the right to do, not the government. Uh, so yesterday, we probably signed another uh, 150 to 200 letters, uh, which is just disturbing to me that this this many people, good people, hardworking people are 
looking at being fired from their jobs simply for practicing religious liberty and freedom of conscience. So I want to encourage you, if you're listening or you know people uh, who are in this situation, we joyfully will write a letter on your behalf. We joyfully will support your freedoms. Um, and so just call the church office, 219-663-7729. And, uh, and we will look forward to being with you. I'm hearing music coming out of my phone right now from our podcast. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that means we need to wrap things up here. <laughs> you might have activated something uh, on your phone. I, yeah, I mentioned it in the, the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast theme song pops up on my phone. So anyway, we're so glad you took the time uh, to watch today. We hope this has been a blessing. Uh, please uh, like it, share it, spread it far and wide, uh, and uh, and help us get the message out. Any last comments from you, my friend? Oh, good. Being cursed. There's hope. All right. Have a good week. We love you all. We'll look forward to seeing you next week.